The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I would never do that to you guys. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University is here and class is in session. We are going over the AFC East as our critically acclaimed division-by-division breakdown continues. Lots of NFL League news, actually, to get to in a little bit as well. We're always presented by DraftKings. Thank goodness for those guys. And thank goodness for all of you that go the extra mile to help Brian and I grow these podcasts. It means quite a bit. You are the real MVPs. You are the real winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. The thing is, is it's so easy to do. And I know for a lot of you, it's just not in your normal routine, but it's really easy to engage on social media in any way. Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You just hit a button. It takes less than a tenth of a second. Like, love, share, reply, quote, tweet, it all counts. Ryan Reed, who's uh, replied on Facebook. I'm looking to grow the Facebook one. He's from Alabama. Ryan Reed made a comment on one of our podcast clip posts to facebook.com slash NFL. Thank you, Ryan. Send me an email, ross at rostucker.com. Let me know if you want to sign picture. Sign press pass, whatever you want, buddy. Uh, then we got the sponsor confirmation email winner, James McDonough. He got some Raycon earbuds. Very smart, James. Very smart. I will be rocking the Raycon earbuds while I'm riding my bike the next couple of days. And then YouTube shout out, M. Frankful. I don't really know his name. It's just the YouTube handles, M. Frankful. And he said, this is my first time actually watching at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Very cool. Well, your subscription, which is obviously free, and comment is very cool. M. Frankful. I'm thankful for M. Frankful. Hit me up with an email. Let me know what you want. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. He is Greg Cosell, 42 years at NFL Films. Nearly that long, by the way. 
as the executive producer of the NFL matchup show. Now he's like famous. Before he uh, for a long time he was behind the scenes. Now he's <laughs> on the show. He's I mean, he's on ESPN more times a week than a lot of other people are because they show it like six times. So <laughs> Greg is a, a famous ESPN star. We're breaking down the AFC East. I guess the one name I wanted to bring up, um, Greg, before we get to the AFC East is Frank Clark. And the only reason why I'm bringing him up is because Frank got arrested on a weapons-related charge evidently for the second time this offseason recently. I got to think he might miss a game or two. I thought it was interesting. We'll do AFC West in a few weeks, but I thought it was interesting where I saw some uh, some notes that Chris Jones, the outstanding D lineman for the Chiefs, they're going to let him rush off the edge more. Um, but I think they might end up being without Frank Clark for a game or two. Just curious your thoughts on what Frank Clark is as a player and just this idea of Chris Jones rushing off the edge. I mean, they might need him to rush off the edge if Clark has to miss a game or two. Well, they've used Chris Jones uh, in multiple alignments over the last year or two since Steve Spagnuolo's been there. Uh, so it's just a matter of percentage and degree. Uh, but they've done that. Uh, Frank Clark's a good player. He's a very intense player. He's a quick player. Uh, I think he's an important player for what they want to do. So you're right. He could well miss a game or two. Um, you know, they've got some other players. The, the interesting thing, one reason I think they want to move Chris Jones is they signed Jaron Reed, and Jaron Reed's a nice in, interior D tackle, and I think they want to get him meaningful snaps. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, all right, let's dive into the AFC East. And I usually just go in alphabetical order because the Our Lads depth chart that I look at uh, has it that way. We will start with my beloved Buffalo Bills, Greg. They got to the AFC Championship game last year. What are your thoughts on the Bills heading into 2021? Well, I think they're a team that's based more on offense now than defense, although obviously with Sean McDermott being the head coach and Leslie Frazier, a veteran D coordinator there, they're still very solid on defense. But I think this is a team now that starts with Josh Allen, who's the most physically gifted quarterback in the NFL. I don't know, uh, Ross, if you've ever stood next to Josh Allen. He's a big man, and I've actually stood right next to him when he's thrown a football. And not that I've seen every quarterback in the last 20 or 30 years throw a football, but I don't recall a ball coming out of the hand of a quarterback like it does with Josh Allen. And last year, he showed the ability to do two things that's, quite frankly, surprised a lot of people to throw with touch and pace. He got much better at that, feathering throws, layering throws. And clearly the second thing was his ball placement was so much more consistent. That rarely happens. People are still surprised that he was able to improve that much from season two to season three. But he is as gifted as they come. In fact, I had a conversation with someone this summer who said that he may be the most physically gifted quarterback we've ever seen. Now, that's a, you know a strong statement, but it all starts with this offense with Josh Allen. They played a lot of snaps last year relative to the rest of the league with four wide receivers. It would not surprise me to see them continue to do that, given that they signed Emmanuel Sanders. So, wow, a lot there, Greg. Um, I think everybody – knows that Josh is really talented. What I don't really understand 
is how he improved that much. I've never, I, I honestly, Greg, don't think. Now, you've been doing this since I was born. You've been doing this for 43 <laughs> years, okay? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a guy improve as much as Josh Allen has. And, and maybe two years in a row. You know, I, I don't know how much better he can get, but it's absolutely crazy. I mean, let me just say this, and I know you know these, but 2018, he completed 52.8% of his passes. 2019, 58.8. He went up by 6%. That's a lot. Yep. 2020, 69.2. He went up over 10%. That's a ton. And he's gone up over 16% in two years completion percentage. And keep in mind, in Brian Dable's offense, there's an intermediate and vertical element. He's not throwing bubble screens. I mean, obviously, like every team, they do some of that. But they, they are an intermediate vertical passing team with their route concepts. Normally, when quarterbacks improve, what you're looking for to get them more accurate is you start from the feet up. It's feet, it's hips, shoulder, arm. Um, and, and that's the way you kind of teach a quarterback in terms of his mechanics and fundamentals. And he was significantly better last year with the coordination between his lower body and his upper body. And that was one reason why he improved so dramatically. He's worked very much over the last since he came out, really, with Jordan Palmer on the West Coast. And I think that has a lot to do with his improvement in his mechanics and, therefore, his accuracy and ball placement. All right, Greg, I got to ask you this because it's been rumored so much. Zach Ertz to the Buffalo Bills. What would he bring to them? Do you think the Bills should make that move? Uh, I don't know exactly what he would bring to them. I think Dawson Knox, in the context of how they play offense, fits what they do. He's got some explosiveness to him. He's got an intermediate and vertical ability, which at this point in his career, Zach Ertz does not have. Now, there's no question Zach Ertz is really good in terms of understanding leverage of defenders, in terms of getting open in the short and kind of short to intermediate area. But I, I, I'm not sure exactly how they would see that. I think this is a team that wants to spread it out, that wants to play with four wide. Um, I think they want to run better, but not necessarily more. So, uh, you know, I think this is a passing team built on Josh Allen. I'm not exactly sure what Zach Ertz would give them, other than another body at tight end who would get snaps. Yeah, I guess my thought would be, I just feel like Ertz, well, first of all, they don't have a lot of guys that have won Super Bowls on that team. So no. there's the whole, you know, intrinsic leadership value that we can't really put a, a value on. But I also just, in my mind, Greg, I picture him getting a couple critical third down conversions in the playoffs for the Bills to advance. I, you I know, I think that's that. kind of yeah. who Zach Ertz is at this stage. Yes, yes. And there's no question he can do that. Let's get anything to, to be said on the defense, Greg. You mentioned they're an offensive base team. I personally thought their D-line was not good enough last year, in particular at yes. D-tackle. Well, they, they do get Star Latulale back. They drafted a couple D-ends, but they didn't make a big splash at D-tackle, I guess like I thought they might. 
Because I, I thought that was the area where they just weren't quite good enough to get to the Super Bowl yet. Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, over the last two years, they've drafted A.J. Epinesa, they've drafted Gregory Rousseau, and they drafted uh, Carlos Basham. Now, based on my tape study, I believe that in sub-fronts, meaning when you're playing with five defensive backs or six defensive backs, I personally believe that both Rousseau and Basham can move inside and be very effective as reduced D-tackle pass rushers. I do not know if they see it that way, but I think the tape strongly suggests that they could do that in sub-fronts, Ross. Very interesting. Well, I, I certainly know Basham could. I haven't seen Rousseau play enough with him opting out. And uh, he, obviously, he's interesting body type with how tall he is. But yeah, He did um, most of his work in 2019, his good work as a pass rusher, as a reduced player. He, he lined up very often as a zero technique head up on the offensive center in 2019 at Miami when they were in their sub fronts. Let's get to the Miami Dolphins. And, I mean, obviously, Greg, we, wow, the AFC East is amazing, by the way. We got to start with Tua. I got to know what your thoughts are on Tua, Greg. Yeah, I thought Tua was up and down a year ago as a rookie, and that doesn't mean he'll be good or bad going forward. I've always believed Tua is a very rhythmic player. He needs the offense to work for him. He's got a really quick drop and set, plants that back foot, delivers the ball, good sense of timing. I think he plays very well within structure. I think you have to create that structure for him. I think Chan Gailey did a good job of that last year. And then I think teams got an understanding of what Tua was. Um, now, that doesn't mean he can't improve. Um, I think that they really have made an effort to get players for him on the perimeter. They signed Will Fuller, who's a vertical dimension. They signed Jalen Waddle. Uh, they drafted Jalen Waddle, who can pretty much do everything. Um, so if Devontae Parker can stay healthy, they've got three really good wide receivers that can do a lot of different things that give you every dimension that you would want at the receiver position. So I think they're really looking to give Tua everything that he can possibly have and allow him to play within rhythm, within structure, as effectively as he can. I like the fact that they're bringing in guys like Fluker and Illuminor and drafting Liam Eikenberg. Yeah. And they, they just keep investing in the O-line. A lot of people thought they'd get a running back, Greg. They really didn't. No, and again, I think that – not that they're going to be a passing team and throw it 75% of the time – but it would strike me, and I could be wrong, that this will be a team that plays predominantly out of 11 personnel, meaning one back, one tight end, and three wide receivers, and that they feel that the, the nature of that, with the spread feel to it, will create enough for their run game. In some ways, like Buffalo, they're not going to be a running team, but when they run, they want to run effectively. So I think that the focus here, and of course they have Gusecki, and they drafted Hunter Long, um, with the, in the third round. And I think Hunter Long was a very similar player to the Penn State tight end, Pat Fryermuth. So I like Hunter Long as a player and think he's a very good prospect. So I think they're trying to build this very rhythmically within structure around Tua. What do you think of them defensively? They had an outstanding year. I know yeah. people that don't believe that the turnovers they created, that that's necessarily sustainable. Um, but they got a lot of pieces on defense. They went Jalen Phillips in the first round and Javon Holland 
the safety from Oregon in the second round. Yeah, I loved their defense last year. I thought they were really aggressive. They attacked. They played snaps of zero coverage where they, that's all-out pressure with man-to-man across the board. Um, you're right. They. I love Jalen Phillips. I thought, again, if he can stay healthy, I thought he was the best pure edge rusher in the 2021 draft. Um, so I think they see him more in the context of what they do as a linebacker. In their base, they'd be a 3-4. But I think, obviously, when you play your sub, he'd be a pass rusher coming off the edge with his hand in the ground. Um, but you're right. And, and uh, Javon Holland, he could well be a starter at safety. I liked his tape. He played a lot over the slot. I don't think he can really be a slot player in this league. He can at times, depending on the opponent. But I think he's really a safety. And I think that's how they see him. And that's why they drafted him. Let's get to the New England Patriots, Greg. And I think... The first question has to be, who do you think will start at quarterback and why? I think it'll be Cam Newton. Um, I, you know, I think uh, I think what they did in free agency, and again, it's always difficult to try to get into the head of Bill Belichick, as you well know, Ross. But I think what they did in free agency, what they've done the last couple of years, indicates that this could be a little bit of an old school offense built on the run game. Let's play with two tight ends with Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith. Um, I thought Damian Harris looked very good last year when he got the opportunity to play before some injuries kicked in. They still have Sony Michelle. They actually drafted a big physical runner, Raymondre Stevenson, in the fourth round out of Oklahoma. I think you're going to see a little bit of 12 personnel. It'll be a little old school. They'll try to run the ball. They'll try to control tempo of games, um, and they'll try to win that way. And of course, Cam Newton fits extremely well into a run-based offense because you've got the quarterback run game. So Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback. Now, I can't speak to how the season will play out, but he will start. What about uh, the weapons they brought in at receiver? Like Kendrick Bourne and Nelson yeah. Aguilar. I mean, I think there are certain kinds of players. They still don't have what people would say is a true number one. So I think they're they're package guys. They're specific players, specific kinds of play calls, specific situations. Bourne has always been very good as a short to intermediate guy. I think he's probably effective on third down. I don't have stats in front of me, but I think he's that kind of player. Aguilar is more of a shot play uh, receiver. And I think in this style of offense built on a run game where uh, you'll have uh, shot play opportunities because you know what you're getting personnel wise from the defense when you line up with two tight ends. I think Aguilar is that kind of player. He can get on top of the defense. So I think they brought in specific kinds of players to fit how they see what their offense will look like. What about defensively? Greg, they get some people back like yeah. Van Noy uh, from free agency, as well as uh, Dante Hightower from opting out. They drafted Christian Barmore. What do you see from them on that side of the ball? Yeah, and they signed Matt Judon, who I think really fits well with what uh, Bill Belichick does, because Judon is kind of a multi-positional, multi-dimensional player. He can line up all over. He's a very good player in that kind of scheme. Um, I think they'll be good defensively. I think they've got the kinds of players Belichick likes. We know about Van Noy in that system. He's been there. Hightower being back. They still have pretty much the same secondary. It's a very, very solid secondary that they all understand Bill Belichick's system and how he wants them to play. So 
I think this could be a very, very solid defense. And you know what Belichick is all about. It's the points. It's the red zone. You know, very rarely are they the number one or number two defense in the league in terms of yards allowed, but it's about scoring defense. And I think that that's the focus in New England. What about the New York Jets, Greg? It appears they're going to go with Zach Wilson, their first-round pick, right from the start. They're not messing around. No. He'll be their quarterback. I'm curious to hear how you think he'll fare as a rookie. Yeah, I'm very curious. Um, I liked his tape uh, at BYU. I thought that he he was very effective in structure, and I think he has secondary action improvisational ability. We know they've addressed their offensive line. Becton in in 2020 had a nice year at left tackle. Vera Tucker, I think they see him at left guard. He was their first-round pick this year. I believe they traded up to get him, so he'll step in as a starter. Um, So I think they view their offensive line still a work in progress, but clearly better. Um, They signed Corey Davis. I love the pick of Elijah Moore in the second round. I thought Elijah Moore, Moore, his tape at Ole Miss was really strong. He's a slot player at his core, but you can move him around and line him up pretty much anywhere. Um, the, The big question is their run game, how they see Wilson in the context of an overall offense, Ross. I don't think you ever want to ask a young quarterback to drop back 35, 40 times a game by choice. They signed Tevin Coleman, solid pro, been injured a lot. They drafted Michael Carter from North Carolina in the fourth round, and I thought he was a really intriguing player. I thought his skill set, to me, uh, reminded me of Clyde Edwards-Elair. I think Michael Carter could be someone to keep an eye on. And Michael Perrine, he's just one of those kind of solid grinding runners. So I think the run game here is something to keep an eye on because I think they're going to have to be able to run the ball with meaningful efficiency. What about on the defensive side of the ball? They brought in Carl Lawson, was really their their big free agent up front uh, to go along with Quinnen Williams and Sheldon Rankins. Yeah, I like Carl Lawson. I mean, I think he's a very good edge pass rusher. Obviously, played in Cincinnati, um, did not get a lot of publicity. I think he's actually a better player than people might think or might know. Um, The other player they brought in who I always liked his talent, I couldn't speak to why it didn't work in Detroit, but I think Jared Davis is a linebacker that pretty much has a complete skill set. And like I said, don't know why it didn't work in Detroit, but I thought that was another very good under-the-radar signing as well. Uh, I believe they get C.J. Mosley back. I think this is a defense that has improved meaningfully in their front seven. The big question is in the secondary. This is a secondary when you look at the names other than Marcus May, who's a solid pro, there's a lot of question marks here. And you know, Ross, in this league, if you can't cover, you're going to have a problem. Well, you cover it all, Greg. Check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. Absolutely love this. You know, I take notes. We talk about it because I then tell intern Casey what clips I want her to cut for our YouTube page and for our social media. I got like seven. She's going to be mad at you, Greg. She's going to be mad at me. She's going to be mad at you. But it's worth it. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ross. Gosh, that's amazing. I wrote, I mean, I think I have three just on Josh Allen. Speaking of amazing, by the way, how about the DraftKings Legends series? This is totally different from what I've told you guys about. They have these legend series now where you get to play. 
I know like for the NFL season, they're going to have a millionaire every week for DFS and Sportsbook, I believe. Right now, DraftKings Casino Summer Legend Series, you get a shot at a share of $5 million in total prizes. Just download the DraftKings app now. I've never told you guys to download the DraftKings app before. DraftKings Casino app, I should say. By the way, there's a couple of casino games where I am the voice. I'll let you guys find them, but I am the voice of a couple of the DraftKings Casino app games, which is amazing. Use promo code ROSS to get a shot at a share of $5 million in total prizes when entering DraftKings Casino Legends Series. That's promo code ROSS to earn a shot at a share of $5 million in total prizes only on DraftKings Casino. Tuck Stakes. Good morning, Ross. A lot of league office news yesterday, starting with the NFL putting the host of the Combine out to bid starting in 2023. Right. So pretty much nobody will be happy about this because the coaches, the front offices, the media, they all like Indianapolis. They're familiar with it. Um, They think it's perfect. But I don't have a problem with this. This is kind of the way the world works. Listen, Maybe it'll stay in Indy. Maybe this is a way for the NFL to get better terms with the city of Indianapolis. This is the way the world works in terms of putting things out to bid and seeing what people, how people value it, seeing what people are willing to offer to bring the combine to their city. Maybe it stays in Indy. Maybe it doesn't. But I, I don't, I know a lot of people will criticize the NFL for this. You know, in a lot of industries, you're compelled to put everything out to bid to make sure that you're getting the best option for your event or building or whatever. Tuck Stakes. League is also looking for investors and partners on their media properties like NFL Red Zone, NFL Network, and NFL.com thinking that maybe they can help grow those entities. Right. So I don't know what that is, bro. I don't know if that's like, you know, Comcast or something like that to try to have greater distribution of NFL network and NFL red zone, or I've seen some reports that maybe they think it's like a tech company like Amazon or someone like that, where they think maybe it's YouTube where they think they can really grow these other entities. seems like that's the idea They they are looking for greater reach with NFL red zone, NFL network, NFL.com. And if they partner up with like a, streaming company or something, I think that they believe that that will help them. So they get the money, and then that company's invested in really getting it out there. Tuck Stakes. On the player side, the NFL and NFLPA agreed to a July 2nd deadline for players to opt out of the 2021 season for COVID reasons. Right, and if you voluntarily opt out, you don't get anything. If you are a high-risk opt-out, I believe you get $350,000. So I guess uh, maybe there will be people that are high-risk that say, I still don't want to be in that environment and take the three fifty. dollars I, I don't know. I, I mean, the season went off pretty well last year, so I don't know if anybody will end up doing this, but July 2nd, so we'll find out pretty, pretty soon. Tuck Stakes. 
And finally, Baker Mayfield's agent believes his client's going to get a new contract done with the Browns sometime this summer. Well, that's that's good news on a couple levels. I mean, it's interesting because we had Andrew Barry on the show, the GM for the Browns, a few weeks ago. He talked about this. I guess, you know, if you're the Browns, on the one hand, you, you want to get his deal done before Lamar Jackson and before Josh Allen because they'll set the bar even higher. But you have him under contract for two more years. Do you want to make sure? He's only done it for one year with Stefanski and Andrew Barry. Do you want to make sure that he does it? That's a question, too. Um, speaking of questions, why have some of you not liked my Facebook page? Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Pretty good chance next week's Spread the Word winner comes from the Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Very easy if you have a Facebook account to just go there and like the page. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your questions, by the way, Bri. Back-to-back days. Let's get to an email question. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address for all of you at any time is ross at rostuck.com. So if you win any of the contests, email me and let me know what you'd like. Picture, I got cards from the Cowboys, Washington, the Bills, whatever you want, just let me know. It's also when you take advantage of any of our sponsors like Raycon or Manly Bands or DraftKings or whatever, you just send me the screenshot or forward the email and... I guarantee I'll read and respond to your question on the show. And there's a pretty good chance you'll actually win something for me as well. What do you got, Bri? Hey, Ross. I love the podcast. Keep at it, especially on these Greg Cosell days. I feel like I just left class every time. My question, my brother-in-law played small college football as a center on the O-line. At a wedding for his quarterback, something funny happened. Every time the linemen were together whether at the bar or in the church pews or wherever, they always lined up in the same order that they played on the line. So my question to you, is that an oddity of that group of guys, or do you do the same thing when you're with your old buddies? Anyway, just wondering, that is from Chris Smith. That's a cool question, Chris. You know, I'm not with the offensive line from high school or college or the NFL really anymore. You know, I might be with one at a time, um, I might be with, you know, my right tackle when I was the right guard, John Ravishe, who's a close friend of mine. But, yeah, I'm not with the whole group. But that doesn't surprise me at all, Chris, because you're so used to that sort of formation and you're so used to being that way in the huddle, that way on the line, that I can totally see that. That doesn't surprise me at all. Um, it, it, I, and I think it's very natural. You don't even think about it. You just kind of, you're used to having this guy on that side of you and that guy on that side of you. That's pretty cool, Chris. I like that question. I also like the, I think we're done here. Members of patreon.com slash RT media, pizza boy, brewing sport of culture, vision comics with an X and human head, NYC.com. Love all of you. Have an awesome weekend. I think you'll really enjoy the Fantasy Feast this week. I had the Ball Blast girls on yesterday. They're amazing. They got some heated debates with Joe Dolan. Definitely. If you listen to one other show this week, definitely make it the Fantasy Feast. Other than that, plus, by the way, 
We talked about the details, how you can get in the best ball draft with me and Joe, which I can't wait to go against you guys. We're probably going to have that draft the next couple of weeks. Other than that, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 